Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. All right, throaty announcer guy, thank you very much. A potpourri is known as a mixture of dry petals and spices placed in a bowl or a mixture of things. And this week, a veritable potpourri of a Podman Rush. It's me, COVID-infected razor boy, Daryl Ray, a.k.a. the big Omicromni, and the uh, Billy Squire of Scribes, the man who asks the question that demands to be asked, Mike Heike of DallasStars.com. And, uh, oh, by the way, we are doing this remotely out of an abundance of caution with me, of course, but we can see one another, thanks to Jordan Foreman, who set this up on Zoom. Yay, Jordan. So, uh, COVID and Klingberg and bones snapped and roadkill and home security and the Krakener in Texas and pow pow goals, analytics and zebras and so much, much more this week on the on the Podman Rush. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Does yeah. that potpourri treat COVID? Like you, you know what? I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if anyone's tried it, Mike. I think you should. Just eat a dish of potpourri. See how that mm -hmm. goes? Hey, look, we were drinking bleach at one point, weren't we, or something? <laughs> yes. What were we trying to do? Well, I wasn't, but swallow uh, fluorescent lights or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I feel great. I feel fine, but I'm, uh, I'm positive. So here we are. But I can still do this. Yay, Daryl. Uh, two years ago, we'd never heard of COVID-19, right? And today, I have contracted it. And so far this season, so of what, 500 NHLers? Yep. Uh, I stumbled upon leftwinglock.com yesterday. And they, had, they have it all listed there. It's crazy. Like they have, they have everyone that has just entered or is in it. And then they have all the players that have been in COVID protocol. It's a stunning number, is it not? Yes. I mean, how many and, guys and have played in the league this year, Mike? Thousand? You should no, you should about seven hundred to eight hundred. Oh my God! But I, I'm saying, like, you've got five hundred guys who've been out for a week, so that's about par for the stars right now, aren't we? At about 12, right. 13? right out Good of twenty, <laughs> and two more today, I think. Right? Yeah, that's right. Jeez. What are you going to do? It, it really is frustrating. And, you know, it, it's so inconvenient, but then it's inconvenient for everybody. So, you know, you, it you is an inconvenience. Good. That's the main yeah. thing. It's an inconvenience. Yeah. You feel and, good. And, you could have broadcast, but you didn't. Look, yeah. yeah. I mean, I look great and I feel <laughs> excellent. But, uh, but at the same time, I don't want to downplay it because it is a dangerous pandemic yeah. for, for certain people and, and that. But, it just seems like the majority that have contracted it have been like me, yeah. where really no symptoms, just you're you're positive, and uh, you got to let it flush flush through. So I'm I'm uh, seeing uh, symptoms that would be mild at best. I think I've had days where I've just been tired, where I've felt worse, and uh, it's getting all of us trying to get us all, Mike. It's coming for all of us. How have we dodged this so far? How have I dodged it? We have not. <laughs> Good point. Good point. 
good point. So that positive test for me was on Saturday, right after a scintillating and spirited rally to beat the Penguins. What a game. Followed by your starring role on Zoom. And I want to get to that. Uh, it, it seemed like such a non sequitur to me because I had no idea, right? We did, you know, we did the game, afternoon game. Seemed like everything was uh, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. They just came back and rallied to beat the Penguins at home in thrilling fashion. Uh, the building had gone nuts. The fans were a huge part of it. And uh, and then you lead uh, John Klingberg into uh, his soliloquy. So explain. Uh, well, someone had to be the jerk, and I'm good at that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not was saying an, was, that. It, I know, but it was the news of the day. And I, the timing was terrible, but I weighed in my mind, do I wait till the end? And, you know, kind of, he knows the question's coming. That's why we asked for him. So I just thought, all right, I'll get this out of the way. And and he was good. He is very honest about his feelings. Oh, he was, he was phenomenal, yes. Yeah. So, but... I mean, it's out now, but how how did this come to be now? Like all of a sudden, it just seemed like you understand where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, no, I definitely like it. Just seemed yeah, like that, such an odd thing coming out of the post game presser. Well, it came out before. It came out on uh, NHL Network on Friday night. So okay. one of their one of their sources, Dave Penyota from the fourth period, uh, gave the scoop uh, like at six or seven o'clock. On, uh, on NHL tonight, and then then it trickled into Twitter, and then uh, so it was a day game, and that was all we were talking about in the press box. And you know, you, you got to ask. And I think you know when you look at it, I don't think the stars are leaking this information. They don't want it out there. And so then you know somebody got it to this guy, and and he definitely reported on it. And so then the question becomes: Is this true? And and you know what's going on? And John's answer was really good. It's kind of true, but not really true, which is usually the way with most rumors. Um, right. He cl- he clearly is frustrated with negotiations, and he would like them to go to a place where he could get a contract extension, and it's not working right now. And so I believe he and his agent asked the Stars for the ability to talk to other teams. One, I think, to see if a trade is possible, and two, to see what his market value is and you know, if that market value could affect negotiations here, because he said he wants to stay here. Yeah. Well, first off, n- nothing trickles onto Twitter, Mike. <laughs> I believe it splashes onto, onto Twitter, but I get the gist. Uh, look, I, I understand Klinger, and I also get the cap constrictions of Jim Nill and the Dallas Stars. Like, it is truly one of those situations, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, and it is. Yeah, because you, you look at it, or at least I, I look at it, and I'm thinking, you can't keep all your toys, right? Yep. Uh, not under a cap. And the timing now uh, is just different. I mean, if this is uh, an expanding salary cap, you know, without a pandemic and yeah. everything else, maybe then there is room to to, you know, back up the money truck to him along with others, right? Yeah. And uh, and John's out there in his, <clears throat> excuse me, in his mind he's matching Sergey Zubov's records and he's he's in the community, you know, Klinger's kids, great thing that he does or at least has, well we could do it. 
Uh, you know, he wears a letter, terrific spokesman. They showed it again in answering your question. Yeah. Uh, but also has been a bargain and wants slash needs his chicken, as they say. Yeah. You know, like and then- he, and, and, you know, the, the, the whole history of it too is understandable on the contract that he's coming off of because he wasn't fully confident. I think we talked about it on, on one of our podcasts. John wasn't fully confident in his hips. He was coming off double hip surgery himself at that time. Yeah. And wanted some some security. Got that. You know, and like any long-term contract, it starts looking pretty crummy uh, long, you know, when you get into the depth of it just because that's the nature of everything. You get inflation of contracts and everybody's making more and and then you just you just hope that something could get done because He's a terrific player, and he he's he's a guy that helps. He, yeah. He's a guy that helps. But if you can't do it, you can't. You can't just give everybody uh, eight years and and seventy million dollars in a cap world. You can't do it, and they have to make yeah. hard choices. The one well, the one the, thing. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the one thing is the timing. So. As we look back on it, the best thing, in my opinion, would have been if they would have got a contract that got that was up at 27 or 28 instead of 30. Because now you look at the comparables, uh, Seth Jones, well, he's 27, or you know, Wierenski's 25. And so I think he looks at a comparable contract and says seven, eight years at eight, nine million, which is, I bet that's what he's worth. Right. But oh, do you want- yeah, he's going to have the yeah. numbers and everything else. Right. Yeah. But do you want to start that contract at age 30? Yeah, and right. We've seen her, and we've seen exactly. around the league, you know, people have bought out contracts because once you hit 35, 36, it's really hard to maintain that level and that cap hit value. Unless your name's Joe Pavelski, then it's no problem whatsoever. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're making way too much sense. I did want to get this in, though. The, uh, the quote itself grew some major legs, right? And to me, it was a it was a, a great example of sort of plucking what you want to put out there in clickbait world, because the unappreciated part of the quote wasn't exactly what he was saying. No, you know what I mean? Like, yep. Like he wasn't saying, "Look, I feel unappreciated around here by these guys." Now he may feel that way. Truly, I don't know. But his his quote was more. I think I have it right. I don't feel as a player that I've been appreciated in that way. There was a pause and then there was in that way when we don't even negotiate. And everybody just went with that I don't feel appreciated. You know, he was talking about I, I wanted to sign before the season like other guys had done. And that was that Correct. led him into that quote. But everyone just ran with, oh, my God, he's asked for a trade and he's unappreciative, unappreciative or they are. And uh, and off it went and, and bloomed. So uh, the one, all this the one inter- hand- I was just gonna say the one interesting thing about John is he's very genuine, and so he, oh my god, yes, and so he's going to tell you his feelings and what the stars I think are betting on are. Despite those feelings, he's also genuine in his effort. And if he has to stay here and play under the situation until the end of the season, he'll give you a hundred percent. And I think they're kind of betting on that. To, you know, because some people on the outside say, well, how can you keep this guy when he said he wants to be traded? And you're like, he's John Klingberg. 
He's a really yeah, good player. I, I don't, yeah, we need him, yeah. and he's going to try hard. And so there really isn't any issue here. I think the Stars' plan is to just keep him. Yeah, I, I don't know what the overall plan is or if it changes as this thing moves along or or what, but I do, I do know this enough of seeing and being around Klingberg for eight years. He's pretty bullheaded, right? Yes. Like, yeah. like he, he's, he's very like, not in a, not in a bad way at all, but no. he, he's, he's set in his ways. Like he's, he's got beliefs. Uh, his, his belief systems are set in stone pretty much. Yeah. How the game should be played, what he is really good at, where he can add, you know, every go down the list and, and it would uh, continue on. I would think into this, I believe yeah. I'm worth this. And I don't really feel like, I mean, it, it's it's so hard because he did take a major discount to sign that last deal. But it was part his reasoning that, that drew him into it too. Yeah. And I get that. So yeah, there we are with you asking a question like that the other night or <laughs> other day. It's a great question. Oh my God. It was, it really was. It was probing. <laughs> Just I I didn't laugh, but I was just like Mike Heike laid in with, with that one. We're opening up the press conference. Yeah. With this. All right. Well, the next day, the game at St. Louis that I was forced out of, by the way, uh, they and Josh did an incredible job by himself. Uh, snatched the defeat from the jaws of victory at Enterprise Center, and Rick Bonus verbally and physically exploded in anger castigating, castigating, pardon me, the refs and slamming doors, swinging a stick in a player's bench of emotion and frustration galore. In response, the NHL's fine bones, 25 grand. Uh, your take on the whole situation? I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> your take uh, well, on first it? First of all, and again, I could be wrong in this. I could be a homer in this. I really try not to be a homer, but... Like the, oh, no, that's the, we're here to be nothing but uh, homers. The original Hockenpah penalty really got under my skin. And you could see Jamie just fling the puck around because... Does that make you, you team Hockenpah? Are you team Hockenpah? I am team Hockenpah. I kind of am. You don't, you don't call that penalty at that stage of the game. It's prison rules, right? And he got a hook, which it was in a my, hook. In my NHL, it is. But again, in your NHL... but. Generally speaking, so that sets up, all right, well, we've got to kill this penalty. So here they are. They break a stick. Uh, Essen breaks a stick. So now it's, you know, three and a half to six. And they're trying to get the puck out. And Haskinen just gets yanked down right in front of the ref. And you're like, well, you called the Hockenpah. You need to call this one, too. And so, if I mean, if we're calling every penalty, well, that's a penalty. Right, right. If, if the, if that penalty gets called, boom, now we're at four on four. The faceoff goes down to the other end of the ice. Stars walk out of there with yeah. a one nothing victory. And yeah, so, yes, you, you're, you're I would be frustrated today. as well. <laughs> and so when he does, when the ref makes a bad call, then, of course, Miro responds poorly <laughs> with a uh, beautiful slash right there in front of everybody. So they score the goal. They go right back on the power play. They score another goal, ironically, off Hockenpah. <laughs> And boom, zing, 2-1 loss to the hated Blues when they should have had just a glorious road victory. 
What a summation that was. I should have wrote about it. Uh, so the the actual fine, me, warranted and worth it. Yep. Yep. You know, he was the embodiment of every player, every management personnel, all the Stars fans. And also maybe maybe a bit of a snapping point with the Stars suffering another road loss, right? Yes. The, and maybe everyone out there, I saw something on Twitter. Somebody, I'll Venmo you. Just give me your account. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay it as Stars fans. <laughs> That's right. Ironically, so Rick said before we even you know went into the COVID thing that the biggest disappointment was we weren't going to Chicago and he really wanted to go to see if they could win on the road. So they finally get their chance three weeks later to go on the road. Right. They play it a darn near perfect game. And then that's what they get. So yeah, I can see how the frustration would have boiled up. So with another loss, even though it shouldn't have been in almost everybody that isn't a St. Louis Blues eyes, uh, the Stars are trending toward a season where they post one of the best home records ever in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> unfortunately, and at the same time, one of the worst road marks. Now, I can see a, a gravitation to the middle or the norm in the second half. Like, I don't know if the Stars are going to be able to continue to win at the rate they have at American Airlines Center. Right. At the same time, there's no way on earth they're going to lose at the clip that they have on the road. Like the 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 Kraken and and the Arizona Coyotes have the same number of road wins as the Stars. Yeah, like that's stunning when you because when you consider what that team looks like at American Airlines Center and how they've looked in a few games on the road, even right where right. they just whatever it was did them in. Like it just. It, it, it can't continue. That, that That's my thing. You? Yeah, same thing. And it's an interesting set of six games coming up. So the one here, then two in Florida, which are going to be really tough. Then one back here. Think? Then, then the four on the road to the east, they seem like winnable games. Now, you never want to say that. You don't want to go in with that attitude. But they seem like games that, you know, the Stars should be at least 50 50 to win those games even on the road so if they can get through all of this and it is a step-by-step process but let's say you're you know you're starting to see the makeup schedule in in february and all of a sudden you've got three extra road wins well you'll feel a lot better about yourself yeah bringing up the the schedule in february why did they not pause games because of me what a joke (laughs) huh i agree where's the razor pause where is it, Mike? They should have uh, just went, hold it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Razor's not calling the game? You know what? We're, we're going to postpone this one. Should have been the NHL shield out there and an announcement, a, a blast on on social media and that. Uh, no, we're, we're not going to do this until Razor's back. Look at me talking just, about myself in the third person. I just can't get joke. over you with those those antlers that coming out of your head. Isn't there something? Do you, just, do you think you're looking what? at a... A man moose or something? Yeah. Uh, have yeah. you watched Yellow Jackets at all? This hot new show? On, I think it's no. Showtime. Yeah, uh, I've seen girl, it. I don't understand yeah, the, what the, the soccer girls is. get get uh, marooned and uh, and there's a lot oh, of deer. Hold running. it now. <laughs> what channel is this on? <laughs> so- soccer girls getting marooned. What? Yeah, you know it's 
It's a little bit odd, but there are deer horn references here and there. And, and it's just, it, I can see All you right, in this well, uh, Showtime special. I'm here to amuse Co- you, Mike. Coach Razor. As I fight COVID. Uh, all right, moving on. First look at the expansion Kraken this week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, should be a very splashy uniform night at American Airlines Center. Definitely. Huh? Definitely. Their roads with the Stars Victory Green Homes, or are they wearing the the blackouts? That's a good to, question. Even if it's the blackout, still yeah, special. Still very nice. Yes. Uh, have you swan dived or... I guess what would be more appropriate, belly flopped into the Seattle Kraken as of yet? The salmon bellies flop? <laughs> uh, I just looked at the numbers. Um, I'm surprised. I thought that this team would be better. Uh, the numbers are not great for them. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that says that they haven't done a good job or that Vegas is just an amazing story uh, because, you know, we thought, all right, well, you know, the – NHL changed the expansion rules to help these teams. Well, everybody learned a lesson and, with that first expansion, though. All the other yes. teams, right? Yes, you're right. Yeah. So it wasn't as fair a fight for the $650 million entry, the Seattle Kraken. But yeah, I, I mean, my my anticipation was that they're, they are going to be uh, a tough team to put away. They, they're not going to score enough to win enough. Right. But they're going to compete hard and be structured and all that stuff. And it might be. I haven't watched a lot of their games. They're vice versa, actually. Their their offense is a little better, like probably middle of the pack, and their defense is 27th, yeah, 28th, right. 29th, whether that's yeah. you know shots against or goaltending or whatever. So Well, I'll tell you one thing that I'm fascinated with uh, by the, the – I'm fascinated by, fascinated by a lot of the Kraken franchise uh, – initiatives, I guess you'd call it, right? Mm-hmm. And looking forward to seeing that arena in Seattle. I mean, I've, I'm a West Coast guy. I spent time out there in junior hockey. We played at Seattle Center Arena, which was a different thing uh, than climate change. Climate change? I think so. I'm not exactly uh, sure. It's, it's some environmentally positive Mike, I, arena. I have, you, I have you with me on here as... <laughs> My whoopee blanket. You're my security on facts like that. I think it's called climate Um, change, Daryl. Climate change. Yeah. There you go. What did I say? Climate change. I was being sarcastic. Thanks for the support. Uh, (laughs) I stumbled on this yesterday when I was just lounging about here fighting COVID. Uh, None more than uh, as far as the impressive aspects of their organization and, and what they pump out. None more than Allison Lucan. Do you know who Allison Lucan is? I've heard her name before, yes. And she has a thing called Analytics with Allison that she puts out. Her latest deep dive was into response goals. And I, I was like, hey, that's always talked about as an, yeah. an important thing, right? And But is it really as important as our eyeballs and, and our visceral emotions feel like it is within a game? So what is a response goal uh, or what are response goals? Because there has to be multiple. Basically, it's goals scored in a two-minute span. You know, bang, bang. Yep. And diff- different categories, four different ones. You score and then you score again. They score and then they score again. You score and then they score. And then, of course, the they score, you score. 
as you might find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. Uh, so are you interested in the in the digits on this? I'm not going to go yes, through I every am. team. and No, yeah, but. But, but the, uh, so the U score, bang, bang. So you, you score and then you score again. We've seen a lot of that from the Stars early in games on home yep. ice. What would you guess the, the Stars record is in, in games like that? Strong, mediocre, yeah. I'd say strong. Anytime Very they get two goals, they're pretty good. <laughs> well, no, it's not the whole game. It's in a two-minute span, Mike. I know. I'm joking. Listen I'm to saying, the premise for crying out loud. But I'm saying so you the, have two goals. Yeah. Well, they've needed they've needed three a lot Need a few too. More. And four. That's true. Stars are six and zero. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There so the teams that the teams that are also unbeaten as of the time I. I consume this. St. Louis. You can put the boo audio in there if you want. <laughs> Calgary. The Detroit Red Wings. Who'd you see the news today? Just hired Nick Lidstrom yeah. Uh, yeah. to They're run their... in the right direction. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of in Vancouver with the Sedins. Yeah. This whole league's going to be run by Swedes. This podcast is all about Swedes today in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, the Winnipeg Jets also unbeaten. When they go bang bang in a game, and the Boston Bruins, what does that say? Not really sure, but those are the teams that are in there. Opponent goes bang bang and scores two goals in two minutes. Uh, the Stars, where do you think they are in that category? Really, it's like bad. a Q and A today. I like this. It's like a little, it is. little quiz for Mike. Woo! <laughs> I no wrong like answers. Where do you think they are? Do you think they're good? Do you think they're middle? I no, had no, I I'll really be honest bad. with you, before you have to do this, I had no idea where the stars would rank before right. I looked into this thing. Hey, you sprung it on me too. I know, but you have to do it on the spot because we're on the Podman Rush. I know. I think they're bad. I think they're like 0-5. Oh, they're bad. They're 0-6. Yeah. Go. They're one of eight teams without a win when that happens. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're in there with the Seattle Kraken and the Buffaloes and the Montreals and the Chicago's and that. Isn't that in some ways it's it's kind of like really? Really? But But that, you and you and I it, always talk about this. First goal leading after one period. For some reason these numbers bear out. So you give up two goals yeah. and it's boom boom and it's sorry, yeah. you're done. They they do it in in bang bang fashion, unbeaten. The opposition yep. does it in bang bang fashion, haven't won a game. Crazy. Yep. Okay, so the Stars score and then the opposition scores in a two-minute span. Go. Um, Strong, middling. Bad. Two and five. Oh, you're such a negative Nelly. Huh? Nabob, a nabob of negativism. That was last week. The, hmm. uh, they're, they're, kind of, they're average. They won no. four of ten. It's not bad. Okay. Four and six. Not yeah. awful. Not great. Not bad. Uh, you know who the good ones are? Vegas Golden Knights. Mm, there you go. The Ducks. Wow. Carolina. And Colorado. They're the best ones in this uh, category. So they score, then the opposition scores. Now, it doesn't tell us that they score three in a row after that. <laughs> Although <laughs> I would, I guess, in one of the earlier categories. Yeah. If they did it in a short period of time. It's a lot of whittling this down into certain parameters within the game. 
All right, final one. Opponent scores, and then the stars, quote-unquote, respond. What do you think? I'm going to say good. I'm going to say, I don't know, six and three. Within two minutes of the opposition scoring a goal, the stars stick one in their net. Yep. Like I said, six and three. They're going to say they're good? Yep. Six and three? Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Not a bad guess there, Mike Heikett. They've won five of eight. There you go. Yeah. Look at you. (laughs) Huh? So and I'm the, and I'm just guessing here. I'm just pulling the stuff out of my head. The the uh, Canes again, those dang Canes. Uh, the Washington Capitals, just and uh, the New York Rangers are the only perfect ah. teams in this category. And uh, yeah, yeah, the other team of note, the Colorado Avalanche, eleven and one. 11 and 1 when they erase an opposition goal within 2 minutes. So when Florida was in town here and you're looking up their numbers and they're second in the league in scoring, you're like, "Well, that's pretty good." Then you look up Colorado has a half goal a game more than yeah. second place Florida. They, I mean, you yeah. score that many goals, it's it's going to help you in a lot of statistical categories. I uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of Florida, they don't show up on any of these. Yeah. Maybe they're just around the middle. I don't know. I'm not going to dive into it deeper, but I I found that fascinating. Yeah, really good did. stuff. This what is else the do you find fascinating this week, Mike? I said this is the reason we have analytics to start. I, the I discussion. like analytics like that. Yeah, I like those. Because then you dive. I really do. Yeah, you do dive. <laughs> uh, anything else that's grinding your gears or in need of illumination, Heike? Hmm. Now, I really don't have anything. Oh, you know, the, the one interesting thing for the uh, stars It is, is interesting. What is it? It is interesting. Is your, how that's it, what your how, title should be. On. It shouldn't be Hey, Ica. It should be, it is interesting. Why don't you go with how, that? We might have to update do, that for you. We will. How do they deal with this goaltending? Is Brayden Holtby out for one game, more games? And would they possibly bring in Anton Hudobin? Oh. To play an NHL game. Isn't that an interesting discussion? Oh. <laughs> oh. I well, hey, look at look at where they're going on the road. Yeah. Like the, the kid will play against the Kraken because he's eight and one on home ice. Why would you not? Right? Right. Uh, Ottinger's been so good on home ice. And and then you're going into Florida, and it's just perfect for if it's Anton, gets called back up, and why wouldn't it be? Holtby's in protocol and can't travel. Does he does he get started in Florida, where he's incredible? I mean, stood on his head last year. In remember they play, would they play three straight games in Florida? Yep. And the first two, he stopped like uh, fourteen thousand of fourteen thousand and thirty five or something. Uh, it, it was. It was insane. He was he was so good. He won a game by himself in there. So yeah, yeah, that would be intriguing. That would I agree. That would be that would be storyline uh, writing material right there. And I like that. It's always good to have a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, we covered some important stuff. I thought. Yeah, I got through it. I'm not winded or anything. I managed to get through this. And uh, you've can I you've ask come- you seriously? 
Like you like to uh, work yes. out. You, oh my God. A, yes, please. Let's get did, serious now. Did you get on a treadmill? Have you tested your lung capacity? Does this affect, like as the athletes are out there, you always I wonder. Yeah. I don't think we uh, in the media or in the general <laughs> public are very, a very good uh, simile to the highly trained, highly compensated professional athletes that are dealing with this. Uh, but I, I can, I've heard the stories like you have, I'm sure, and everyone out there has about people that contract it and they struggle just going upstairs or, yeah, uh, you know, doing just very, very menial little tasks around the home or the yard or whatever. I just, I haven't had that at all. And, uh, I, uh, I went for a long walk, uh, on my own away from humanity and felt like I always do if I go for a long walk and, uh, did, did that and listened to the 32 thoughts podcast. And those two were, were massaging all things, Dallas stars storylines on it amongst other things and Evander Kane, which is a big story around the league right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know that people care that much about <laughs> about our, our battles if, if through you, it. Yeah. Uh, I do. Well, we talked about it last week, you know, like yeah. I remember, you know, even with Tyler, Tyler had it and uh, and it was a couple of weeks, I think, for him where he was. Uh, he, I think it said his lungs were on fire and and, and I, I get that because if it does attack your your respiratory system and, and that you're going to feel that. As you do, I, I can only think back to when I played and, and you get the flu, right? Right. Or you'd get a cold, you get a chest cold. And head head colds would sometimes as an athlete make you feel like you were you were off, like like your balance in that was off a little bit. And I didn't like that at all. Yeah. As a goaltender. It just it was I, I found it tougher to play and practice with head colds than I did with uh with chest congestion or anything like that. Maybe it was a type, you know, type of conditioning that you do as a goaltender, as opposed to players traipsing up and down the ice. But uh, for the most part, when you had the flu, uh, sometimes you played—I hate to say it—but sometimes you played better because you played more within yourself, right? You know, because you're thinking, well, maybe I don't have the energy in that. I'll play smarter than I normally do, <laughs> if that's possible. And uh, and and then with with that, <laughs> think about it now. It sounds insane. You know, you, you, they they put the precautionary things out there, like you get your own water bottle. Uh, but outside of that, there there was nothing. Sometimes you would get your own room if you weren't feeling well, because you know, back in my day, you had a roommate. Yeah, on the road, like you didn't get your own room. And could you imagine that now with with in the COVID world? Is no, you want to talk about going through your team like a wildfire. <laughs> Uh, so it, it, it was, it was different, but it, it didn't seem like something that you couldn't play through ever really. Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember a lot of guys being out with the flu. Now, if they tested for the flu back in the day, we'd probably all be out. Um, there were other flus that made you worse than the actual flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys had flus going into certain, uh, venues prior to my days, but in the seventies. There was something called the Philly flu, I think, hmm. which was a interesting one. But uh, anyway, yeah, I was just I was just curious as if you had any yeah, yeah. firsthand knowledge. But 
You, you no are help. the peak of health. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that either. And I don't want to be, <laughs> I, I certainly don't want to be cocky about it. Right. You know, you know, like it, it it's serious stuff and I'm, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. And hopefully I can test negative sooner than later. Yeah. So, well then, shall we move on? Cool. Let's. As we all navigate through this pandemic in this season, I think we should remember the words of the late, great John Madden, who said, the road to Easy Street goes through the sewer. Hmm. It's a good I, point. Yeah, it does. We'll be back with another Podman Rush next week. But until then, stay positive, test negative, eat healthy, drink responsibly, show compassion, show compassion. Go with comfort ahead of style. That's, I don't need to tell you that, Mike, do I? Huh? Or myself at this point. Comfort <laughs> ahead of style. We've hit that point in our lives. And guys, guys out there, for God's sakes, put the seat back down. It's not that hard. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today.